Welcome to Campus Firewatch Radio. My name is Ed Camo. Well, today we're featuring Sean Simons uh, on Campus Firewatch Radio. Sean is a survivor of the Seton Hall Fire in 2000, along with his roommate, Alvaro Llanos. And their struggle to recover was documented in the excellent book uh, called After the Fire by Robin Gabby Fisher and a film by the same name. They've both since dedicated themselves to traveling across the country, telling the stories on campuses. So, uh, Sean, really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right. Your story is so compelling. Um, I mean, I've seen it several times, and you know, we, we keep bumping into each other. Um, what inspired you to really make this your life's work? What did you and Alvaro, what, what inspired you to go out and try to teach other students about fire safety? Well, the inspiration really came from um, a, a lot of time. People don't know a lot about fire safety, especially young kids. When this happened to us, we were 17 and 18 years old. Um, we were in the prime of our life trying to get an education. Um, we felt invincible that you know nothing could happen to us, and we didn't take fire safety uh, and fire prevention uh, seriously. And, and we just kind of looked at it as a way to say, you know what, let's turn our tragic event into something that's positive that can help save, possibly save people's lives and, and just educate them further about fire safety. Right. You know, when you're, when you're out there telling it and showing the movie and talking about it with students, you know, what kind of reaction are you getting from the people on campuses? The, the reaction is, is a little bit overwhelming um, for the simple fact that a lot of the students um, nowadays who, who hear the presentation were only two or three years old when this fire happened 15 years ago. So they have no idea about the fire. They have no idea that, um, you know, that people died uh, because of, of a fire on campus. Um, and, and they're, in a sense, shocked, but they are uh, also compassionate and, and willing to learn um, because they, they fear that, you know, it can still happen again. And, and that's one of the fears that Alvaro and I have, um, as well as many of the fire safety officials across the country, that the possibility of it happening can, you know, is is still real, and uh, we want to be able to, to, like I said, educate as many students as possible. Well, I mean, and, and we both know that it's real because we keep seeing these fires happening. You know, they're just uh, continuing to happen. Fortunately, um, not quite the same rate as before, but they are still happening and they're still real. And 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 actually, you kind of touched on something there. You mentioned that the students are shocked, and there's always the discussion about what's the best way to try to get fire safety information? Do we do kind of an education thing? Do we do a shock value? You know, based on all the talks you're doing, what do you think is a good, effective way to engage students about fire safety? What have you seen that works? Well, the one thing about our presentation that many fire safety officials commend is the fact that, you know, we're giving them a true life, real perspective of a student who has gone through such a, you know, tragic incident as, as far as fire. Um, and, and that, education is almost invaluable. Um, sometimes, you know, students are inundated with literature and um, PowerPoint presentations where they just, you know, kind of say, hey, here's another program that somebody's telling me not to do this or to do this if this happens, and they really don't get it. But to see that, that like you said, that shock value of, wow, this really occurred, you know, people died, you know, I, I see the injuries that these guys sustained because of that fire, I'm probably going to pay attention a little bit more. And, and with the you know addition of social media nowadays, it's it's just a little bit easier to be able to even stay in c contact with these students. Um, after our presentation, students are you know 
requesting us on Facebook and Instagram and they wanted to know more about what happened and how do we overcome this adversity. And it just goes to show as the times change, you know, we have to change with the way that we educate the students. What was the process that you went through? I mean, obviously at the time that they were, the book was being, uh, or the photographs were being taken that kind of inspired the book, I believe. You know, you, you were both going through um, a very trying period of in, injury recovery and all that sort of stuff. What was the process for that led to the book, that led to the movie, that sort of thing? Uh, well, the process started off as a uh, newspaper article at our local newspaper here in New Jersey, the Star Ledger, where uh, they sent a photographer and reporter to the hospital two days after the, the fire, um, not knowing if we were going to live, um, not knowing exactly where the story was going to go. Um, and it wasn't actually until uh, three weeks later when I woke up out of my coma and spoke with my parents and spoke with the uh, reporters uh, to see where they wanted to go with this story. And we really didn't even know if it was going to be a story about fire safety or overcoming adversity. Um, one of the biggest issues that I had initially was, you know, I didn't want to do the story unless my roommate Alvaro woke up from his coma. Um, and fortunately, he did wake up. Uh, three months later, but there was a possibility that the story wouldn't, you know, even be put out there. But when me, Al, and, and the reporter and the photographer sat down and we tried to say, okay, what's going to be the angle of the story? We looked at it and said, you know what, this would be a great way to be able to educate people about fire safety and, and what exactly a, a fire survivor has to go through. It's something that people don't really talk about. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you talk to a firefighter or an EMT, They'll talk about they'll save a person and they'll just take them to the hospital and don't really know what happens to them afterwards. And we looked at this as an opportunity to be able to say, you know what, this is what happens afterwards. You know, you see the in, in the book and in the documentary, you see the grueling recovery that a burn survivor has to go through. Um, you see what a person has to go through to get back into society, how hard it is when you have all these new scars from your injuries and, and how it is to get back into school and in the way that people are going to, you know, um, accept you. But a big part of the whole recovery effort is accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. And you both w did go back and finish school, didn't you? Um, I was able to go back and finish school. Um, Alvaro's still in the process of taking some classes because of the extent of his injuries. Uh, he was in the hospital for uh, almost close to five years. Um, and, and then he started, uh, start, he started his family. So, and we are on the road so often that it's kind of hard for us to maintain a regular schedule, um, but he's taking some online courses um, and, and, and hopes to get his degree in a couple of years as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, so you mentioned you're on the road. Um, well, actually, before we get to that, I want to talk about the movie a little bit. How did the movie come about? So the movie was actually um, brought about where the director went into one of his local bookstores. Um, he was looking for a book of inspiration to do a document, documentary on. And he saw our book, he saw the, the cover, you know, after the fire, um, he, he liked the way the cover looked, picked up the book, read the back of it, took it home, read it in one day. And he said he was so inspired by the story that he called the, uh, the author, Robin Gabby Fisher, the next day and said, hey, do you think these guys would want to do, you know, a documentary on this? Um, they called us immediately and, and we kind of brainstormed and say, yes, we would you know, love to be able to get our story out there in another format besides just the book and the newspaper article. And then we also looked at it from the perspective of college students. As I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes kids are inundated with schoolwork where you know, they don't want to read another book. But if you show them a film or a documentary and something that's really, really uh, you know, appeasing to them and, and, and captures them, 
um, they'll pay a little bit more attention to what the topic is, and we, we wanted to, it to be done in a, in a fashion where um, our audience was able to look at this and, and be drawn into right away to, you know, what what we went through and, and the whole process of the arson investigation and, and, you know, how we were able to overcome this adversity. Uh, so you, you've turned this into a full-time job going out on college campuses. Uh, where have you been doing? Where have you been going? We've been just about everywhere. Like you said, we've, we've um, turned this into a full-time job um, where we um, travel to colleges and, and one of the, the our latest ventures has been doing a lot of high schools across the country. Um, a lot of fire departments like the program because they don't have anything for high school age students, especially those seniors getting ready to go off to college or going to you know get their own apartments. Um, the last time the fire departments really talked to the students were in elementary school. So most of the times if you ask somebody who's 15, 16, 17 years old, what to do if there's a fire, their first reaction um, and first answer is stop, drop, and roll. When in likelihood, you know, that's not what you do if there is a fire. That's what you do if you are on fire. So a lot of times those, that demographic uh, age group doesn't have uh, a chance to, to hear a fire safety presentation. And the fire departments are saying, hey, we're going to bring you into the high schools. And for those students who may not go to college, those students who may get their own um, their own apartments. And, and, and Ed, as you know, one of the biggest issues that's happened in the college, I mean, that's happened across the country now is off campus housing fires. And, and it's so if we can get it, you know, in, in contact with some of the students who may not go to college and get their own apartments, but might not have a lot of money, we can try to educate them as well and say, hey, you know, you might not want to get that attic apartment with one way out or that base, basement apartment that has the small windows and one way out. I mean, I think it's a great idea what you're doing in high schools. I, I get calls like that on, you know, I wouldn't say a regular basis, but periodically they say, well, we don't have a college or university in our town. I said, yeah, but you got a high school. You know, that's where they're going to be going. And I think that's just a great idea. Are you seeing the same sort of reaction out of the high school students that you're seeing out of the college students? Well, actually, you're seeing a little bit of different uh, reaction from the high school students because the high school students still have time to see, you know, what type of fire safety um, their co their prospective college has, and and um, some of the schools, you know, some of the schools we go in at the beginning of the year, so they're still doing their college tours. So now you can tell when they go, they say, "Hey, I'm going to go home and discuss this with my parents," and we're going to ask that question when we go on these college tours, um, or or students are saying, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be more mindful if I'm going into a nightclub or if I'm going in, you know, down to the to the shore for for the summer." Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it, too, that we try to emphasize is that, yeah, it's not just your apartment. It could be your friend's apartment. You could be a nightclub that you're out at or a movie theater. I mean, this stuff can happen really anywhere. And just having that sense of awareness can make the world a difference. Right. I mean, one of the lines that we, we used on a presentation is fire has no prejudice. It can get anyone at any time, anywhere. And, and it's something that, you know, that we see. I mean, being in this, this fire safety realm, you know, we hear the stories of, you know, the incidents that happen across the country and across the world, for, for that matter, um, where people just don't think that it can happen there. And, and you have to be, you know, you have to be on your toes at all times. I mean, kind of coincidentally, I just happened to talk to a mother yesterday who lost her son recently in a fire. And it was in his apartment, but it was a cigarette butt that somebody else had thrown into the trash the night before. He didn't smoke. And he was the victim, you know. So it's, you just never know. You just have to be so heads up around you all the time, don't you? 
Right, right. I mean, and, and like I said, that's that's the message that we try to display to the students that, you know, it may not be your fault that the fire happens, but, you know, it's going to be your responsibility if it does happen to know how to get out, to know what to do if there is a fire. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, as I mentioned earlier, we've really seen a drop in fire deaths, you know, about I think it was 2006, 2007, we had a high of 20 people that had been killed in these. And like you said, mostly off campus, about four out of five are off campus. But last year, it's gone down to four. And while each of these is certainly a tragedy, it's it's gratifying to see that there's such a dramatic drop. Um, from your going around, do you see more colleges paying more awareness to educating students and reaching out to them? And again, like you said, you know, the off-campus environment, that's a kind of a tough nut to crack there. Do you see more schools doing it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, every year we see a, a plethora of, of new schools who contact us um, and, and say, hey, you know, we don't really, in the past, we really haven't talked about fire safety. Um, and it's something that we, we want to talk about more. Um, and, and these are small universities as well as large universities who, who say, you know, we just need to put a little bit more attention to it. So you are starting to see, you know, uh, uh, I guess a influx of, of uh, new schools saying, you know, we've never had a program here. We want to do something about it. They want to talk about it out of doing uh, National Campus Safety Month, or they want to talk about it during, you know, Fire Prevention Week, um, and and that's something that we are, you know, we're proud to say that, you know, we we can definitely give a hand in. Um, but we we also want these people to understand that, you know, you don't want to just focus on those two times of the year. You know, fire is something that can happen all times of the year. So there's not a you know a specific time when you should try to you know teach fire safety. Um, it's something that can be done year round. Any ideas on what students can be, I mean, I'm sorry, not students, what campuses can be doing to engage students more in fire safety? I mean, obviously, you're, what you're doing is great, um, but not all schools can do it. Have you seen anything else that really does seem to work or resonate with the students? Well, one of the big things that I, I enjoy um, when I go to a campus and, and I hear that they do is uh, the live burn, where they have a uh, a mock you know, room of, I mean, a mock uh, version of a dorm room um, and they set it on fire and then they have another one that has uh, the same room set up but then they have a sprinkler head in that one and they show the difference between you know what having a fire sprinkler can do as opposed to not having one can do and, and it, but the thing that I, I see when I look around the crowd is the shock and awe of the students when they feel the intensity of that heat coming off of that room and how fast they you know how fast it goes up and, and a lot of students, a lot of people don't realize how quick a fire moves and, and the devastation that it can do in minutes and seconds. Um, so I, I, I like when schools do that. Um, I like when schools have the uh, smoke trailer where students can crawl through the non-toxic smoke, but it's still blinding and, and try to find their way out of the trailer. Um, so, you know, doing things like that um, is, is something that I think, you know, students really enjoy that. It's more hands-on. And, and I think they really grasp it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to order the book, they want to get the movie, they want to get in touch with you and have, and, you know, they're interested in having you on their campus, how do they go about doing that? To get in contact with me and Alvaro, you can simply go to our website, which is www.alvaroandshawn.com. That's www.alvaroandshawn.com. On the website, you can find out more information about us, where we're going to be. We have a calendar where we're set up all across the country. 
um, and you can contact us directly through that. Okay. And how about if they want to get the book or the movie? Uh, same place? Same place. You can order the book, the movie through our website, um, and, and a plethora of, of our aff affiliates um, are on that website as well. If you want to find out more information about fire safety tips, we have that as well. Okay. And I do encourage you to pick up the book and the movie. I mean, it's, it, it, it is a, a great book to read. It's a great story. The movie is just very, very compelling. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening, you can have Sean and Alvaro to your campus. But if not, you can certainly still show the movie. Um, and have, you know, not quite the same impact of having the two of them. They're very gifted speakers, but the movie is uh, well worth showing. So I really encourage anybody listening out there to, to consider picking it up and showing it to the students on their campuses. Well, we've been talking with Sean Simons. Um, he was a survivor of the 2000 uh, fire at Seton Hall, along with his roommate, Alvaro Llanos. And they, as I mentioned earlier, they both uh, are touring across the country, telling their story to students to try to avoid future tragedies that happen. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here today, Sean. Thank you, Ed, and thank you for all that you've done for the last you know, 15, 20 years in fire safety. It's really made a difference as well. Well, it's, it's, we're all in it together. So I, I appreciate that. It's very kind of you. So thanks for listening. My name is Ed Camo, and this is Campus Firewatch Radio.